Thanks for joining us this week as I bring to the conversation Catherine Birchwood. She is an income strategist and mentor. And after her own winding path through her career, through a variety of different jobs in accounting and IT work, she discovered that it was time to follow her own path and she became passionate about helping other women do the same. Now she helps mid-career women discover what kind of work will light them up and helps them make the transition by taking back their time, discovering their purpose and making a transition so that they can enjoy their life now as opposed to waiting until the end of their career. I know you're gonna get a lot out of this conversation. Thanks for joining us. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with us this week as I introduce you to Catherine Birchwood. Catherine is an income strategist and mentor, helping mid-career women turn their skills, talents, and unique genius into income so they can escape a life of quiet cubicle desperation and embrace one of fulfillment. She mentors them to create work they love so they can take control of their income and their time while recognizing their worth and paying themselves well. Catherine, I'm so glad to have you with me to talk about this. This is so important. Hello, thank you so much for inviting me. I love talking about it, especially given what's going on these days. <laughs> yes, we really do have to be able to carve our own way. You know, we tend to be raised um, you know, study hard, do a good work for other people. You'll get promoted. You'll see the rewards eventually. Right. Yes. And that hasn't always panned out the way that we were led to believe it would. No, it hasn't. And, you know, especially as women, you know, during the pandemic, we suffered a lot more than men in terms of job loss. And even if it wasn't involuntary job loss, it was voluntary leaving because your kids are on Zoom school. So, you know, we have different considerations, I think, a lot of the time as women. And like you, I was raised, you get, you go to school, you work hard, you get your degree, you go, you get a good job, <laughs> you move your way up and, you know, you work hard and eventually you can retire. That's, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen anymore, you know? So it's very, very different now. And therefore we have to change with the times. Yes, yes, we definitely do. Tell us a little bit about your own journey. When did you start making this discovery that that system wasn't going to be the way to get you to where you wanted to go? 
Oh, I can't, I can't even think of how, how long ago it was because it took me a while to actually get out. I, I think for me, because I started out in a career that I wasn't really thrilled with, I used to be in accounting and I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> and so, you know, I switched. I thought, well, okay, I don't like this. Let's do something else. And so I managed to segue into IT, into system implementations, and I implemented the financial side of the system. So it was a good fit for the skills that I had. And then, you know, you get fed up of that because then that turns into a traveling job and then you have no life. So I kind of started looking back and thinking, you know, I've had so many jobs because I just get so fed up of other people controlling my life. You know, I bought a house and my neighbor used to joke because I was away four days a week on a project. He would joke. He said, you know, you just have expensive furniture storage, you know, Thanks for rubbing it in. And it kind of made you think, well, you know, he's right. You know, I bought this house and I'm barely in it. (laughs) And you realize how much your job can be in control of your life. You know, you start a course, you can't finish it because you got to leave town. And so it's just that restlessness, that, that little nugget of dissatisfaction just kept building and building to the point where I just thought, no, I just, I have to do something else (laughs) with my life, you know, and you, you look around and your colleagues are equally unhappy. It's just that they're sucking it up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I'm not a suck it up kind of person. If I'm not happy with something, I got to do something about it. Right. So I know that that's, the way it is, because I had one friend tell me, what's wrong with you? That's just the way it is. You know, you're a grown up, just suck it up. And then eventually you can retire. And I go, what? I can't sit here waiting in limbo until I'm 65, <laughs> you know? So it's, you realize that a lot of people are, are going through the same thing, but they're accepting it. And I just think it's a waste of my, 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 my potential. It's a waste of my life. To be sitting in a situation that is not really to my benefit. And then it's going to have all kinds of implications. I mean, you know about stress. (laughs) You know, the level of stress that you go through affects your health. It affects so many things. So why am I doing that? Because at the end of the day, who's benefiting? It's my employer. I'm not. Right? And so we have to think about what am I really getting out of my life? What do I really want to do with it? What is my master plan for my life? Because too many times we just, we go along from day to day, but we don't have this guiding plan for what it is, where we're going. And that I would say is what made me think, yeah, I just, (laughs) I just can't do this. I just can't do it. So it it was probably uh, in my thirties, I started feeling that way. But, you know, you build up and you build up and finally say, okay, that's it. I'm just going to find something else. <laughs> yeah, it, it can take a lot to get to that threshold where we're willing to take that big, scary leap out of the way that it is. Yes. And I love that. I mean, how powerful to have a friend reflect that to you so you could stand there and say, that doesn't sound right to me. That doesn't feel right to me. I am not signing up for that way. Yeah. of being. And, yeah. and I agree with you completely. I've done a lot of different kinds of work um, in part because I, I can't 
just tolerate it. If, if I'm unhappy in a situation, I'm not just going to complain about it and not take action. So I'll find a different one might be better, but it'll certainly be different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, after a while, I think what made me realize is that I just felt like I've had so many different jobs and I'm still miserable. You, you know, you start off when everything's fine in the beginning, there's that honeymoon period, but you know, like I know going in that I'm not going to stay here, <laughs> right. you know, and, and the length of time just kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And then, you know, I went from four or five years to 18 months, you know, and I was fed up after six. So I was just kind of like, you know, you can't go on like this. Obviously it's not working for you. And just find something else you just you know you you know yourself better than anyone right and yes I have friends who will sit in an unhappy situation for years they're just they'll tell you they're unhappy and they just won't do anything about it because well I don't know whatever reason but I'm not one of those people who can just sit in a in a in a a situation that I feel is just why am I doing this (laughs) Exactly. I had one of those light bulb moments when I woke up and, and I recognized that every Monday I was already wishing it was Friday. Mm-hmm. And when you're wishing away five days of the week, that's yeah. just not sustainable. I mean, where is our life going, right? That's not what yeah. lights us up. So, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think I had, I have to pick one moment. I would say it's, I was working on a project in Buffalo. And I had to drive an hour and a half across the border. And I'm not an early morning person. I had to get up at like, I don't know, 4.35 o'clock. I can't remember now what time it was. And one day I fell asleep at the wheel. I don't even know when I fell asleep. All I knew was when I woke up, I was somewhere that I didn't know how I got there. And thank God I did it on longest stretch of road, straight road. Otherwise, I would have been in a ditch somewhere. And that's when I thought to myself, I am going to kill myself for this stupid job. (laughs) You know, and it was winter. So I could have been in a ditch in the snow. Who's going to find me? Right. And I had a I had a cell phone. But still, you know, when you realize I am driving tired, I could have died. And you know something, if I did, they would just say, oh, let's just get somebody else. (laughs) You know. That, I think, is my seminal moment when I thought, "Mm, this is going to have to end. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it's and it's unfortunate that it takes those kinds of experiences, those awakenings to say, right, I'm replaceable to them, but not to me and not to my family and not to the people that I want to be here to show up for. Yes. 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 So you started to carve your own path. How? Um, I mean, did you first tune into what makes you happy? How did that start to lead you in a new direction? Well, funny enough, I don't, I believe in the power of decision-making. Once you kind of just make that decision, I'm going to find a way. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to find a way. Guess what? It came in my junk mail. And I was always in the habit of, You get annoyed at all this crap you get, but I stand over the recycling bin and I go through it because you just never know. And that one day came this invitation to a workshop teaching you how to trade the stock market. 
And I thought, hmm, you're a numbers girl. You can pick that up. And it's free. And I, it's just curiosity. I just said, oh, you know, let me go. You never know. And I sat there and I thought the same thing. Oh, I have no accounting. I should probably be able to pick this up. And I got the financial analysis part of it. Okay. But when they put the chart up on the screen and they started seeing all kinds of things, I was like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I don't see what they're seeing. You know, I don't understand. And so I was like, hmm, I got to learn to do this because the guy presenting the workshop was an ex-policeman. And as he said to us, he said, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And that was my kind of thing. I'm going to follow this. And so long story short, I learned to trade the stock market. <laughs> well, you it. also learned that you can share information with people too. So that seed was planted even back then. Yes. And at the end of the day, that's when I learned that you can take the skills, the things that you hate, the accounting that I hated. I can still take that skill and turn it into a source of income doing something different. Right. So everything in life that we have, every experience that we have is a stepping stone to something else. So even the things that you dislike are still assets to you when you look at them in a, in a different way. So that was my first kind of, hmm, hmm, what else can I do? Because at the end of the day, you know, sitting in front of a computer, it's a lonely, it's a solitary kind of um, activity. And it's fun and I love it, but what is it doing for mankind, for womankind? <laughs> you know, not nothing, nothing really. And so it's it's kind of a, I need to do something that's doing something for someone, right? And so then I started again, I don't know, something came in my inbox, in my email, and it was digital marketing course, and I signed up for it, and I learned, and I got very curious about these things. And uh, eventually, I found a mentor who helped me to create my first digital product. And that was opening a whole different world, and I just thought, Wow, because I like to write. It was, it was a book. And I thought, you know, here I am. I have another skill and I can turn this into income. And so it's that constant progression of you're being stuck because you think there's one way for you to make an income because that's what society expects of you or your, your family or whatever. But we are not limited. No one is limited, you know. And so I think that was the lesson of looking at all of you, everything you have, and finding the things that you can turn into income. Mm, I think that's so powerful because we do tend to get into this channel. The skills that I have learned or the things that other people praise me for, that's all that I have to bring to the table. And we yes. can really have blinders on. Yes. And I agree completely that now, as I look back over all of the random different things that I've done in the work that I've done, it all informs what I do now. Yes. At the beginning, I might not have seen it, but I also wasn't very good at setting goals or creating a vision for myself. I really did kind of go about things the lazy way. And it was easy to get this job over here. And then I had an introduction and that opportunity opened up. So how do you start people to, to have this different way of thinking, to start creating a vision for themselves if they've been used to following this 
determined path that we were all kind of pointed to when we were younger? Well, the first thing is to really look at, I look at eight areas of, of life. And basically it's an exercise for where are you now? For example, you know, finances, relationships, you know, those kinds of things. Where are you now? And where would you really like to be? If, if there were no obstacle in the way, where would you like to be? Forget about how you get there. What, in other words, define what you want. And because I, I realized that a lot of the reason that people stay, like my colleagues, they stayed in situations they didn't like is because they didn't know what they wanted, right? So you sit there because, well, yeah, I don't want, I don't want this, but you have to go after something. And if you don't know what you want, there's nothing to go after, right? So I've always been a very much, oh, I'm going to find something, right? But it was that inability or that lack of knowledge of what they really want out of life. And I think that's something that's peculiar to women because we're always doing for everybody else. You know, we forget about what, what we wanted. So basically I say to them, remember when you first started working, you came into the world and you thought the world was your oyster. Think about it that way. The world is your oyster. What do you want? Right? And we go through all and we define this is what I want in this area, this area, this area. Because that then informs when you think, well, okay, I really want to make a contribution to, I don't know, teenage uh, angst or something. It, it just, it, you will look at, okay, you know, I do have something that I can contribute to this, which will fit with my master plan. Because at the end of the day, no activity, nothing you do is going to sustain you unless it fits with your, your big vision. Because, you know, it's not a, nothing is an, a cakewalk. There are going to be times when it's going to be rough. And if it doesn't mean anything to you, it's going to be so much harder to get through, right? But if you know that, hey, this is my goal, this is what I want out of my life. And to get there, I have to do X and Y and Z. Then it's easy because you're following your North Star, right? And that's why I think some of those jobs are so hard because they were not what I wanted. They had no bearing on my master plan for my life. They were just somebody else's, somebody else's goals, right? And so I think that is how you get people to figure out where they want to head because they don't think, they don't have time to think about it. Everybody's just going day to day. But when you get people to sit down and say, this is what I want in this area, this area, this area, they become very clear about what they want their life to be. And sometimes they become very sad because they realize how much it has not been what they wanted. But you can only start from where you are. Yes, and I think that's really helpful too, to recognize the power of, or the limits that we put on ourselves when we get stuck in the how. Mm -hmm. And we talk ourselves out of things because we yes. can't get past the how. Yes. But if we can envision the goal, then it's pretty extraordinary how things start to show up to help yes. us yes. keep stepping along that path. Yes. Yes. And people, you make, they make that mental shift. They stop being, you know, driving with, while, while hitting the brakes, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're basically saying, I want, but, oh, but, but, you know, no, what do you want? Forget about how, forget about what you don't have or what you don't think you can do. What do you want? <laughs> yes, yes. And that with that balance of gratitude with where we are, you know, 
gives us that energy that can really keep us going. I love that. Yes, yes, yes. So um, I, I'd like to, uh, you know, you know, eight hours a day is, is a pretty significant chunk of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so starting to shift that can like really flow over, really kind of gain momentum. How do you help, help people take a look at how their focus or the energy they're putting into things can start to build into more happiness, really lead them to where they want to go? Well, one of the things I also do is I help them look at their time because overwhelm is something that prevents people from doing anything. That's the other thing. Aside from not knowing what you want, it's like, oh, I just don't have time. I'm too tired. Right? <laughs> so I help them look at, okay, well, where do you really spend your time? We know eight hours a day you're going to be at work, but outside of that, what are you doing? How much time do you spend on Facebook looking at cat videos? <laughs> You know, how much time do you spend doing X, whatever? And I have a little, a little tool that I use. I use it for myself where I have half an hour time blocks and see, this is what I'm, I, I need to be doing. And that's how I got through learning to trade the stock market because I had a job too, right? But I knew that at a certain time, I need to spend this time every night. I got to put in an hour or whatever, block it off, block it off. I stopped watching TV. To this day, I don't have a TV. Because it's not, it's not value added. When you have things to accomplish, the TV is not helping you. You know, when we were, when we were young and we were watching too much TV, as my, my mother used to say, she said, those people have already arrived in life where they want to be. You are wasting your time and you are not going to arrive by sitting there watching them. <laughs> right? Powerful words. Thanks, yes. mom. So turn off the TV. <laughs> when you're eight, you don't want to hear it. But when you're older, it comes back and you think, oh, yeah, because it does add up. I mean, I think the average, the average is four hours a day watching television, which wow, someone was just pointing out means that some people are watching significantly more. That's a lot of TV. That's a couple of work days by the end of the week. Exactly. Exactly. Not to say that, you know, we should be working so many more than eight hours a day, because I do believe we get stuck in this cycle of overwork, but you could be reading, right? You could be doing things that light you up as opposed to numbing out in front of the TV. Exactly. So I look at what is it, what is it you're spending time on is not really serving you. And I'm not saying you don't have to watch TV or be like I am and throw the TV out, but you, it's really to help people understand that, yes, you do have time. You can find the time if you change your priorities, right? And so it, it now puts it's the seed into people's mind that, yeah, you know what? I can do stuff. And once you have a direction, you sort out that, that roadmap, your energy changes because now you're heading towards something, right? You feel like, oh, my gosh, this grind is not all there is. I can do other things. So people will find the time, you know, even if, as I say to to some people, if you're really busy and you know, you've got a million things on your plate. Okay. If you can spend 20 minutes, spend the 20 minutes, whatever people will get there on their own speed. Right. But don't say that you don't have time because you're using your time. You're just using it for other things. Right. So that's how I get them into the mindset of, I can make this work. It's just a question of how. And 
be satisfied going at their own speed, not comparing themselves to other people and saying, look, this is all I can do. This is all I can do. That's fine. But, you know, the journey of a thousand steps begins with the first one. (laughs) One after the other, after the other, right? We just have to make that choice. Get that clarity, that North star, like you said, I love it. So once we are, um, you know, we're either we're in the work that we're doing, maybe we're there because it feels financially secure, even though it's draining, it's not lighting us up. You know, maybe that's where, where we start to feel the pinch. We still feel stressed, even when we feel financially secure. How do you, how does that add up? You know, is it, is it that stress is flowing over that it's just looks like money stress or how do you help people identify how that is turning up for them? Well, I see that you can have money and still have money stress because the way that you make that money is stressing you, right? So not everybody is um, worried about money because, you know, their job is paying them well, but they don't realize how much stress they're going through to get that money. And there's also the stress of you only have one source of income, right? As we found out during the pandemic, that can be gone in a poof, right? So there are stressors that people are not aware of. They think, well, you know, life's not so bad. I have a good job. I make some money. But if that just getting up and going to work is a struggle, that, that's a money stressor that you're not recognizing as a money stressor, right? Because you need that money and you're going through the stress to get it. But my attitude is, okay, we all need money to live, but do you have to earn it in that way? Can you earn it in a way that is three times less stressful? <laughs> <laughs> and then someone pointed out to me recently, and this has really been sitting with me as I've been doing some decluttering and clearing my space, right? Because mental clutter tends to be visible in your surroundings. But she also, as she was guiding us said, you know, when you are satisfied and fulfilled, you need less stuff. Yes. So, and I definitely led me to think of some of the things that I have chosen to invest in that I felt would make me happy because there was other stress or other unhappiness going Mm -hmm. on. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, a bandage or a distraction or something yes. that then added up to be a double stressor, right? Something that I didn't really need and added financial burden that I didn't <laughs> need to take on. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, I always, when I go through, you know, in summertime, when there are garage sales, I always think to myself, these are all the stress purchases people made last year that they're not getting rid of this year because <laughs> they didn't really need them. But it's, it's a shopping is a de-stressor. And I mean, we all do it. I have a wardrobe full of clothes. (laughs) Things that were on sale, things that you just go, oh, it would be nice. Just go get some retail therapy. And then, you know, a couple of months later, you go, why did I buy that? (laughs) The tags are still on it five years later. (laughs) Exactly. There's dust on the shoulders of this shirt on the hanger. <laughs> so yep, I've been taking a look yeah. lately. <laughs> That's a different kind of money stress. That's spending too much money on stuff. You and I think, you know, for me, the pandemic has certainly shown me how much I used to spend on stuff I didn't need because 
now you're boiling down to, I just go to the grocery store. <laughs> exactly. To your you point know, about that like, retail therapy, we didn't have that time distraction anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's amazing what you learn during, during tough times, you know, your visibility is so much lower. It's like, what was I spending <laughs> all this money on? The hidden gifts. There's lots of hidden gifts we can take out of this last year or lessons yes. that we yes. hopefully will hold on to and not just disregard yes. and go back to yes. the way things were. Very much so. Very much so. So I'd also love to know, um, when it comes to making decisions, do you have a little strategy or a technique when it comes to landing on the right choice or something that resonates? How do you navigate that? I call it my, my, uh, my rocking chair strategy. <laughs> because, you know, when you're in a tough spot and you just, you can't figure out what to do. Again, it comes back to your master plan, whether you have one or not, you still kind of have it in your head, even if you haven't really written one down, because you kind of know what you value, even if you don't think about it on a daily basis, we act according to what we value. And so when it comes to, oh, I got to make a tough decision. I think about when I'm 99 years old and I'm sitting on my rocking chair, am I going to regret that I did this or that I didn't do this? And that makes it so simple because it fits it into the master plan of your life in a very easy way without having to think about, oh, this and that. It's like, what is important to me? That's what it boils down to. What is important? And I know that when, certainly when I get to the end of my life, I am not going to regret the things that I did that you go, oh, that didn't really work out. I'm going to regret the things I didn't do, that I should have done, that I, that, that fit with my goals, my values, my whatever. So it makes my decision-making so easy. And that's why when it came to quitting my job, it was so easy. Aside from the fact that it was a crappy job, I just <laughs> felt like when I get to 99 years old, am I going to regret that I stayed in this job or that I quit this job? And it was like, decision made. Decision made. <laughs> From the comfort of the rocking chair of wisdom. Yeah, it's like, look back on your life. What is important to you? What did you do when you were faced with situation X, right? That you will regret when you're 99 years old. Yes. Well, then just do the opposite so that you don't have that regret. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I love those, um, you know, when people take the poll and they, they say, we've asked people, you know, at the end of their life, what was the thing that was most important to them or, or that they regret to your point. And, um, you know, in, in the work that I do, I try to bring people to that point. And it's not always a comfortable point of view to take on, yes. to go forward and look back. But yes. how powerful is that to put things into perspective, right? Because hindsight is twenty twenty. That's right. And, and we can put on those lenses for a minute. So, you know, to the point of, of how we manage stress, if we're there and looking back, exactly, how many extra months or years did we spend in a job that made us miserable waking up five days out of the week? Yeah. Or 
how many years did we um, indulge in comfort food and the sugar cravings because the job was stressing us out and now we've got the chronic conditions going on yes. rather than ditching the job and putting a priority on our health and happiness. Yeah, yeah. And deciding that you are able to live what's important to you, that the job is not what's controlling your life. The job is a part of your life, but it could be any job. Right? It doesn't have to be that job. Right. Exactly. And, and I think that's worth noting too, that it can be any job. You know, we don't have to put a whole career aside and make a huge pivot. Your point is, you know, multiple streams of income give us the luxury of more options. We can yes. still do a nine to five job that we're good at if there are other things that light us up so yes. that we get the joy out of every day. Yes. You know, and when you know that you're doing what you're meant to do, the things that fit with what you want out of life, that crappy job, you can end up tolerating it because you realize it's not your whole life. So I'm not telling anybody to quit their job. I'm just saying, decide what you want. Decide what's important to you. Decide what is your non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. And for me, the non-negotiable is wasting my life, right? Because that's what you're going to regret when you get to the end of it. I didn't do the things that I could have done with the gifts that I had, right? Not the, oh, I did that stupid thing and I probably shouldn't have done it. Nobody, that's not going to be a regret at the end of your life. It's like, did I really live the fullest life that I could have? Or did I sit there and work for other people and accomplish their goals and put mine to the side? That to me, to me, that is a big regret. So I try to avoid that. Me first, employer second. <laughs> That's right. We can't pour from an empty cup. We need to fill our own cup first. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'll tell you a funny story. I was working at a, one of the big consulting firms and, you know, you get the annual review and you go to your boss and you go over this thing. And so it comes to your goals and I put goals that work in line with what the corporate corporation's goals were, but they're also in line with what I wanted. <laughs> Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> right. Right. And then my boss said to me, well, no, your goals can't be that. They need to be this. And I said, well, why is it? Because my goals jive with this and this and this that are the corporation of corporate objectives. So why do they need to be this? And she said, I don't remember what she said. But basically, I'm thinking, well, why do you why do we go through this farce of an exercise of writing your goals? Just tell me what they should be. <laughs> OK. <laughs> and, you know, you kind of go, this is such a waste of time. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the really end at the end the of the day <laughs> yeah at the end of the day they want what they want who cares about what what you want so let's just not play this game and act as if you care what i want just tell me you widget <laughs> must produce this <laughs> and then i'll ask me to sign it because at the end of the day that's what it ends up being it's an exercise and we'll tell you what you're going to do and you're going to sign off on it and you're going to do it for the next year <laughs> Right. We'll put it in this file over there. It'll come out 12 months from now. And we'll, I'll remind yeah. you what your goals were supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. It's such a joke. <laughs> Catherine, please tell us how people can work with you. How do you support people in um, calling in the change or getting this clarity so they can start the process? Well, two ways. I do coaching. I have what I call my get it done coaching program because People don't get it done unless they have help, especially working women. So I take them through the process of analyzing 
you know, their skills, talents, interests, et cetera, and figuring out how they can turn them into income. And that's on a one-on-one basis. And I'm coming up uh, next month with a group program. It's called the Midlife Business Launch Bootcamp, where on a group basis, uh, we're going to take people through that same process over the period of six months from I have no idea to I am making money. That's basically the, the out. that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. And, and that really, you know, um, because we can do kind of immersion programs and get a lot of information, but that real rolling it out, seeing it applied, having support as you're really running into the questions, right? You know, yes. it can be hard to apply everything over a shorter period of time. So I love that it's over an extended period so people can really be putting it to practice and coming back to get the support as we run into those growing pains along the way. Yes. And the whole idea is to have a community of women. So we support each other as people go on the same journey. Because that's how I learned from my mentor. He took me through, hold your hand, and we're only focusing on this. So there's no overwhelm. This week, this is all you're doing. Don't look ahead. Just do this. (laughs) Yes, it's easy to fall into that overwhelm, right? People tend to generate a whole shopping list. Here's everything I need to do. And then get in a spin about where do I start? What do I do? So exactly. Simplifying it. Right. Keep it simple. Every, uh, everything is just one step. We we build the puzzle one piece at a time. (laughs) I love it. Beautiful. That feels so doable and empowering. And I'm so glad that you're doing the work that you're doing. I know that, um, you know, sharing similar stories and going through lots of change, um, Mm -hmm. I I can imagine how much of your own experience informs everything along with these other tools that you've just been adding to it even more recently. So it's such a broad scope that people are able to take away from it. Yeah, it's very, it's very rewarding being able to help people just even see, understand their own value, you know, because that's what happens. You get ground down at work and you forget your own worth. So that to me is the most uh, rewarding part of it. Yeah, there's a lot more value that we bring to the table than what comes up in that dreadful annual review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that job where you're only expected to do X, whereas you can do so many more things, Yes. right? So we we tend to make work the biggest part of our lives, but it doesn't have to be, or at least limiting work doesn't have to be, right? So... It's about shifting your perspective about what work is for you. Everybody's different. What is your version of work? What fulfills you, right, is is what you need to focus on. And that's why you need that master plan. Because without that, without knowing where you're heading, how do you make a decision? How do you say, I'm going to do this instead of that, right? Right. It all fits. It all fits. It's a big puzzle. I love it. Time to get those pieces into play. Thank you so much. We're going to have your information in the show notes so people can find out more on your website, incomeideaincubator.com. And we'll have that link so people can click on through and learn about what's coming together right now whenever they catch this episode and, um, and follow along and reaps the reward of some of your knowledge. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. 
It was fun. We always have a good chat. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you for making time. I appreciate that in your busy schedule. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Yes. Take care. care. You too. Okay. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit HappifiedLife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining. <laughs>